Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hello and welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason, but you already know that because you just heard the introduction. Got a great show for you today because I've got Carl Mecklenburg. If you do not know Carl Mecklenburg, you should and you certainly will. Carl played for the Denver Broncos, retired in 1994. Then he had to figure out what comes next. He had to become a business person. He makes a living now speaking, writing books, and a few other things he's going to share with us. Making a transition from being a Hall of Fame NFL football player to running one's own small business is the lesson today for all of us. Carl, welcome to the show. Hey, Damien. All right. So there you are. Your uh, your job is to tackle. Your job is to pass rush. Uh, you were damn good at it. Uh, what, seven-time uh, All-Pro? Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I had lots of, uh, lots of accolades in that business, but, the, you know, pass rushing really isn't a, uh, a sport that you need as a <laughs> as a uh, as a business guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great skill to have when your job is being a, an NFL football player, and then you're saying, okay, you can't play forever. You're thirty, uh, what, thirty five, thirty four years old, and it's time to hang it up. Then what? Well, you got two thirds of your working life ahead of you, uh, and and that is really a stumbling point for a lot of athletes. Uh, I found in speaking an opportunity to really replicate some of the um, so, so, some of the same factors that that made me a good uh, football player. Uh, game plan depending on the group you're speaking to. You you perform at a high level for a short period of time, uh, and and you evaluate and and go on to the next one. So in in many ways, it was like football. Uh, except I never get hurt, so that's the, that's the nice yeah, thing. Yeah, you don't get it. hurt going around talking, but there's the business side of it. You know, the person that's listening to this podcast, they don't maybe get paid to talk like I do or you do, uh, and they probably say, "Oh, is that really a business?" Well, of course it is, because we've got the promotional side of it. We have to spend money on advertising. We have to spend money like we are right now at a professional development thing. We're trying to get better. Um, we have to uh, have websites. We have to do a lot of things that any ordinary normal business has. You had not done this, and there you are. Yeah, uh, you're a middle age. You're not even a middle aged guy. You're a guy in his 30s. What was the adjustment? Well, the adjustment for me, uh, I, I think, was just where do I put my time? Where, where do what 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 will move my business forward? Uh, like you say, professional development was a big piece of it. Um, understanding the marketing side of it was big. Getting involved with the National Speakers Association to learn those things was huge for me. Um, I I. I'm making calls daily. Uh, still do it um, to try and sell your services. Sell my services to, I, to network, right? To network to uh, to to keep. If I can get in the paper, if I can get on the radio, if I can do uh, Damien's podcast, I'm going to do it because there's somebody out there whose uh, wife works for the association uh, is going to call me up and say, "Hey, we heard we heard John Damien's podcast." So so. I, I'm constantly pushing, and th and that's something that I learned through my football career. You, you've got you've got to, you got to push the edges all the time, wh wherever you can make a make a contact, wherever you can network, wherever you can uh, can can get your name out there. That's something that that I'm I'm interested in. 
Yeah, so a lot of people would have just said, "I'm going to hang it up." Um, I'm I've been I've been a very successful NFL football player. I'm going to probably uh, oh I'll get called once in a while to show up and flash my Super Bowl rings and uh, and take some pictures with some car dealers. You said, "No, I really want to make this a business." Yeah, I, I want to be the best of the best. That's what I said. I, I say, you know what? I was the best of the best in in football. Uh, I can be the best of the best somewhere else because it's not talent. I talk about keys to success as, uh, as teamwork, courage, dedication, desire, honesty, and forgiveness, goal setting. Those are universal keys to success that I talk about all the time. Talent's not one of them. We've all got talent. The, 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 what, what we don't all have is we don't ha- have the dedication to put in the, the hard work that you have to do every day. We don't have that desire, that passion, that mission, that overriding thing. I'm gonna, I want to be the best of the best. My, my desire, my passion, my mission was I'm going to be the best football player that ever played the game. Uh, and every year at training camp, players that come in with way more talent than I had, and they're twenty three, and, they're, and 22, they're looking for my job. They're right? twenty three, so their knees presumably are still in a little bit better shape than right, yours. Their right. shoulders haven't been as torn up. There you are, you're pushing say thirty, so you're like seven or eight years into the league, and then you realize there's a young buck right over there that's about two tenths of us, uh, two tenths faster than me. Yeah, or more. Or, or, more. <laughs> or more. So what do you? So then you say now it's about my wisdom. Now it's about my work ethic. Now it's right? about and it's about my desire. My my desire, my passion, my mission is to be the best football player that ever played the game. His desire, his passion, his mission is I want to get invited to an NFL training camp. Yeah, and, and, and he's and, there, and then he goes home. And then he wants a contract. His, well, <laughs> well, he hopes he's, yeah, he's there. He thinks he wants a contract. But you, of course, want to keep that from happening. When you look at uh, the talent thing, because I say that also, having come up in show business or in comedy, there's people that are way funnier than me. I use the example in my book that you read, Do Business Better. My college roommate could naturally had more comedic talent. He could riff. He could play off. He could write. He could do everything. But he didn't do anything because he was irresponsible. You probably saw all sorts of people when you were a football player that you're like, if I had that guy's strength or that guy's speed or that guy's height or whatever, sure. And 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 what did and what did you say? Did, did no. it motivate you? Yeah, I mean, I I came in with a chip on on my shoulder. I was the 310th pick of the draft. At, uh, that was 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant. That's the last guy I picked in the draft. Nobody expected me to make it. Uh, I I uh, came in as a nose guard. 240 pound nose guards don't play in the NFL. They never have. Uh, I, I uh, got moved to the tore a ligament in my elbow, so they moved me out to defensive end. I had an opportunity to play in a preseason game. We're playing against the Seattle Seahawks, and I don't know what was wrong with their starting tackle, but he was still in the game when I got in. When he was, they made him play the third quarter. Uh, I got two sacks. I forced a fumble. I was defensive player of the game. Uh, John Elway, the other rookie that year, was the first first pick of the draft. He was uh, offensive player of the game, and I basically made the team based on taking advantage of an opportunity that presented itself. Now, I, I talk about having the courage to be decisive. Uh, that, that dedication uh, – to, to, to be able to, to say, okay, here's an opportunity, uh, and I'm prepared for it. I'm going to take advantage of it. That, that's so huge in business. If you go into every day prepared with an idea of what might happen, you've already thought about it, who, who am I going to meet today, how can, how can I uh, make their lives better, what can I do to help them, you're going to be prepared. And then all of a sudden when you're prepared, then you can be decisive. Uh, 
Okay, talk about the size. If here's one that I think, you know, I, I point out that business plans, meaning mapping out what's going to happen five, seven, and 10 years from now, I think is really kind of a waste of time because there's going to be so many things that evolve in the marketplace. But you know what you were probably really good at was a game plan. And I would say that in business, we need to do more of that, where you're saying, what's going to happen this week with these four interactions? We've got a, a meeting to try and seal a contract with this company over here. We're going to meet with a new supplier on Thursday where we're talking about about maybe bringing in a new line of products. To me, that's a game plan, not a seven-year plan. It's like, what are we doing now? What can you tell us about a game plan? Yeah, th there's no doubt. Um, in, in high school football, which I'm assuming most of the, the male members uh, of, of your ag group uh, <laughs> you know, have, have, have done, uh, you put in a system at the start and you just play that system. doesn't matter who your opponents are. doesn't matter who you're going to play against. You just do what you do and hope it ma matches up. In college football, they do a little bit of game planning, uh, but it's just better athletes. That's what they count on. We got better athletes than them game we, we we have our system we do it it doesn't matter in the pros everything changes every week and it all changes every week based on preparation based on the ability to be decisive in this in the in the moment so so you study what the other team does on on film the coaches put together a game plan you have different adjustments based on what they're doing and it, and it's all uh, variable. Uh, we had 120 different defenses, each with adjustments off of them based on what the opponent was going to do that week, and it would change week to week to week. That's what we're talking about when we talk about preparation. You, you prepare every, everybody's business, everybody you're dealing with is a little bit different. You can you can identify what those differences are. That's that's what your computer's for. That's what the word of mouth is for. And if you uh, uh, approach people from their needs instead of from your needs, uh, you're going to have a chance to be successful. Didn't we just hear in our session, speaking of that, uh, your need, their needs versus your needs. We heard in our little session that we just went to about differentiation of your product, which of course everybody listening to this podcast saying, yeah, I want to be differentiated because that way I, I look a little different than my competitors. The thing is, too many people think it's about them. Ultimately, it needs to be different to your customer and of value because, okay, you know, if Carl Mecklenburg comes in for a speaking engagement and then, um, uh, picks up glassware and throws it at the front table. That's different. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, it's, it's probably not going to help anything. Right. So, you know, we look at it being different. What do you think when you see companies that I see it all the time, then like, okay, you're different, but it doesn't mean better. Right. Yeah. Different is not necessarily better, uh, but different that helps their customers achieve what their customers want to achieve. That's better. That, that's what you're looking for. All right. So back to the thing about talent, because you and I both are firm agreement on that. Okay. You're saying it's really about drive and ambition because I say in my book, it's about, uh, it's about risk tolerance. It's about drive and ambition. It's about resilience and about vision. If it's not about talent, which one of those four things do you think is the, the big one for Carl Mecklenburg? What made you more successful? I, I think resilience is a big piece of it. Um, having having uh an open mind uh being able to uh take on different roles uh i i played all seven defensive front positions uh, we it's had a almost coach. unheard of right Nobody's it ever is done unheard it. of that's, yeah that's, i mean that's that's, that's, that's 1920 really... stuff maybe but not in, in in modern day football it hasn't been done which points out versatility which is not one of the four things i talk about but equally important yeah versatility is important but but what what happened was our our defensive coordinator a guy named joe collier uh, was a great leader, uh, and he understood what the strengths and weaknesses were of the people on his team, and he used the strengths 
of the individual to help the team, the strengths of the team to cover for the weaknesses of the individual. So he saw a situation where I was very versatile and it would cause matchup problems, but we also had a whole bunch of other guys who were smart enough to, to make adjustments. So every time I moved, somebody else had to move. So everybody on the front seven had to know two different positions. All of a sudden, uh, we had that group, and, and Joe could take advantage of my skill set and, and move me around. Okay, so versatility. Let's say I'm out here and I'm running a business and i got 10 employees. Uh, we always know that in a small business, the owner wears a lot of hats. Then there's this idea that you should just be doing what you do, and that's it. Specialize on what you do. But what you just illustrated right there, having somebody that can do two things really well, play two positions really well, can make you very successful. Yeah. No, there's – it. it from a leader standpoint, from an entrepreneur standpoint, from a from a, a business captain standpoint, the uh, the ability to connect with your teammates, to to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, and put them in positions to be successful is what you're talking about. I mean, what what do the New England Patriots do other than cheat? Other than cheat, <laughs> they, they do a really good job of bringing in people that fit their system. Well, some, some, they do. Some person that you've never heard of that then can come across the middle on slant pattern and Brady will pick them for and hit them for a 15-yard yep. gain. Yeah, and and Bill Belichick is as good a person as I've ever seen of identifying somebody's talents and putting him in a position to be successful. He, A few years back, they had a four-tight-end offense. Four tight ends were playing on the field at the same time. And again, and it, 1920s, who ever heard of such a thing? No, ne never happened before. Uh, but Bill looked at his, his personnel and said, you know what? These four guys are four of our best 11 offensive players. I'm going to figure out a way to get them on the field. And, and he put them in position. Yeah, then it becomes a matter of here's the skill, here's the talent I've got. Let's make sure we utilize it. Let's yeah, let's put let's put a system together where everybody can use their talents to the best of their abilities and let them go. Again, bring it then to the the person listening to this, the woman listening to this podcast right now that has eleven employees. She's like, well, wait a minute. If you've got somebody that's really talented at something, it, don't go by the defined roles that you thought you're supposed to do. Just let them do what they do well. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what I'm that that's what I'm saying. If if you want to get the best out of them. Uh, they've got to be in a situation where they can be successful. Doing what if, they... And if you if you want to retain them, you definitely have to put them in a situation where they're comfortable and they're, they're able to be successful. All right, Carl Mecklenburg, in case you forgot who you're listening to, ladies and gentlemen, is my guest. He's uh, former number 77? 77. Number 77 <laughs> for the Denver Broncos, and uh, he makes a living speaking now to businesses about how to do business better, and that's why he's on the Do Business Better podcast. You told me something a few years ago that uh, I think we wanted to talk to the, the entrepreneur business owner that says, man, I've got this thing that might be a weakness, but I want to make it a strength. You told me something you probably don't talk about very often. You are ambidextrous because you're also dyslexic. You said yeah. left and right, front and back doesn't really matter as much to you, and you use that as a strength because whether you're on the left side of the line, right side of the line. I'm thinking about a business owner here that says, oh, man, I've got this, I've got this weakness. Uh, I'm ADHD, like Damian Mason. I always say I use it as a strength then because, by God, i got a million things going on, and I'm used to going at a high energy level. Tell me about weaknesses that you can make into strengths. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that uh, if, if, once again, if, if you're in the right situation, your characteristics, whether they're labeled as a positive or a negative, uh, are, are things that got you there and, and that you need to take advantage of. Uh, as, as, like I said, as, as a dyslectic, that means I, I have problems with left and right. Um, but when you're playing – inside linebacker you're playing nose guard if you're playing in a situation where you got to step with your left foot or step for your right foot with your right foot and you're equally comfortable with either one it 
it, it doesn't matter. There's there are so many professional athletes who are who are dyslectic and ambidextrous. It's it's unbelievable. There's a high high percentage. So it really, it's kind of it's because it's an it advantage. Does, it does give them an advantage. When did yeah. you start seeing this as an advantage? Um, wow, uh, it took a while because it is hard to get through school when college? you have dyslexia. Yeah, um, probably college. I, I I focused on on uh, sciences and you know they have multiple choice tests I didn't have to write any essays <laughs> so, so you know my, it took me five years to write my first book <laughs> did people think you were dumb because that's what happens like uh, I know I'm colorblind they thought I remember they sent a note home in kindergarten and said Damien struggles with colors yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I struggle can't seeing see them. <laughs> it's not that I can't remember the difference between them I can't right, see them right. so did, they, did people think you were dumb you know, fortunately, uh, it runs in my family, and so my family understood what was going on. Um, but, but no, uh, and truthfully, a lot of people who have uh, learning differences are, are very smart, right. and they just think differently than that than the average person. So, so you just need to overcome. Once again, success is overcoming on on the way way to your overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. I, I had to learn that from the start. Okay. Hardest thing for you to learn, I mean, you were getting a paycheck every couple of weeks, maybe some endorsement money in the uh, 1990s when you're still playing ball, and all of a sudden now, boom, done. You've got to run your own little enterprise. Hardest thing to learn? Uh, I think I think the accounting part of it. The money. The, yeah, the money part. Um, my, my wife had always uh, kind of taken care of that. Her dad's an accountant, and then all of a sudden now I'm, I'm negotiating uh, contracts. I'm, uh, I'm dealing with taxes. i got to pay taxes in every state I, 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 I speak in. I, I got to everywhere I sell a book, I got to do sales taxes. I got all this crazy stuff going on. And I've never really thought about that before. What about sales? I mean, you're you're naturally a bit introverted, but you also are really good at talking to people. Um, as you say, you've got uh, a celebrity background without celebrity ego. Did selling bother you? You know, um, I, I think once I learned the process uh, and, and once I was convinced that what I was selling was something that somebody else needed, uh, to me, that's the that's the key. Are are you are you really behind uh, your product and realize this is this is what these people need? If I'm if I'm bringing that forward and I'm approaching it with a with a uh, a servant attitude and this is this is what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, uh, if I believe it, then they believe it. Yeah, you've got a tremendous uh, demeanor in that regard. You don't have this idea that uh, I was once a you know a seven time Pro Bowler and that probably has served you very well because we are still in the service business i tell everybody if you're in business you work for other people's money and uh you better understand that what what, what other lessons have you picked up i mean that one that one became very apparent to me that i yeah. work for other people's money yeah um i, I to, to me um it's a it's a relationship business and most businesses are uh i i come early i stay late i i sign autographs i pose for photos i my, my job is to help the meeting professional put on a memorable event uh if 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 people leave that event saying talking to their friends when they get home talking to their families when they get home and say hey you know what this uh, love the event, uh, and this Mecklenburg guy was a great speaker, but he, but he also was a good person. That that's that's when I've done my job right. There's gonna be a day when a lot of our audiences don't remember you as number seventy-seven because they weren't watching television, they weren't watching sports in nineteen ninety, let's say. Uh, but you you stay out there. Uh, what are you doing to continue to stay relevant? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I've got to adjust my 
my uh, my merchandise, right? I got I got to change my stories. I used to tell a lot of stories about John Elway. Now more of them are about Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Uh, I'm I'm still connected in that in that same flow of, of football. Uh, I've I've made some adjustments uh, around uh, presentations that I make around safety. Uh, that's something that I didn't used to do. Uh, there's a there's a need for it, um, and and I can really relate what the NFL is going through in their big safety push with the concussion thing to the safety pushes that make people uncomfortable within their own business and within their own industry. Uh, so I'm, I've started to do that. So, so the evolution, uh, taking advantage of, I mean, when I started, I was mailing out VHSs and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. you know, uh, one sheets and stuff. Now everything's up on the internet, and I mean, sure, you you just got to keep up with that. Yeah, stuff. and that's just change and illusion. Okay, you're a customer just as well as a, a business person. Uh, what do you see businesses get wrong? What is it? You know, even a small business, big business. What do they get wrong? I'll give you my example. I don't like it when companies make it hard for me to be a customer. Like for instance, an insurance company told me a year or so ago, well, you need to fill out this form, you need to do this, this, and this, and you go on our website, and I said. What the hell are you talking about? I just want to give you money. You're, you're, you know, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to work an hour to be your customer when it's just a homeowner's policy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. what do you see companies do wrong? Businesses do uh, wrong. Yeah, to me, uh, the biggest sin that I see repeatedly is people getting away from from their um, their purpose, their their um, uh, backbone. Uh, I, I love ice cream. So, uh, I, and not just regular ice cream. I, li- I like the seasonal ice creams they have. Like uh, Chick-fil-A has this uh, peach shake that's just unbelievable that comes through it for a month. Uh, we've got a, a local group in, in Denver called Good Times that has this, uh, it, it's a, a blackberry ice cream thing that comes through for a short period of time. Um, Dairy Queen has a, uh, Dairy Queen has a, uh, a pumpkin pie shake that comes through, and I'm sure you've had it. You know, it's you and I awesome are going to get along really well on a lot of fronts because I love ice cream, but I absolutely am the opposite. I hate all those seasonal offerings. I don't want pumpkin pimpernickel bread uh, ice cream. I want good old vanilla and chocolate and, and well, there you and go. That. Yeah, well, I, I love that stuff, and and so I'm 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 driving. Uh, back from a from a gig, a drive by Dairy Queen. It's got a big sign out front. Pumpkin pie uh, uh, shakes are here. Uh, I take a U-turn. I go back. I go in the door. I ask the person for the pumpkin pie uh, uh, shake, and they say we're out of ice cream. And and what should of all things, what should Dairy Queen never be out of? <laughs> yeah, out of ice cream, right? Yeah. So that's that's their cornerstone. That's yeah. who they are. That's what I see when I look at a Dairy Queen. That's that's the 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 thing. And great, you can offer me a chicken sandwich or whatever, but you better have ice cream. Right, yeah, so I, it's I don't, don't lose track of, of of who you are, of what you do, of the number one thing that you do. Okay, what do companies, what do businesses get right that you actually say, man, here's a great example. You know, um, I I believe that businesses that um, that hire the right people are are the are the ones that that really are successful. Yeah, the ones that um, you want to do hi- business the, with. Yeah, I, I, once again, I I look at my business as a relationship business. When I see other businesses where I, where where they um are actually trying to meet my needs rather than meet their needs, uh, those are the ones that I want to be a part of. Yeah, doesn't that make you mad when they say, "Well, here's our policy," or "Just here's the how we do things." You're like, "Well, 
okay, well, I've got policy also. <laughs> I, yeah, I got it. I can walk. I got two feet. That's right. My policy is there's there's nine more companies that can do what you do. Right. If I gave you four more hours per week, what would you do with those four hours? Wow, I'd spend more time. Uh, I, I'd spend more time with my family. I'd spend more time um, uh, with with uh, you know on on the phone with my friends. I'd spend. I'd. I'd, I'd uh, it, it would be used in a, in a social manner, I think, more than anything. Best best uh, thing that you've done, best habit or trait that you think that makes Carl Mecklenburg? I'd say probably it's your work ethic, but you might say something else. Yeah, you know, I get up every morning, um, uh, do a little Bible study, and think about uh, who I'm going to meet that day, what uh, what uh, what I can do to help those people, and that that little process, just getting up and do, and, and and spending fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, centering myself and saying, okay, this is this is what's going to happen today gets me prepared to take advantage of opportunities that come that day and, 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 and make a difference, which, which to me is what it's about. Last piece of advice, anything that anybody can use, whether they run their own business or not, one piece of advice or guidance or lesson, uh, knowledge that you've learned in your 50, you said 59 years on, on 15, this earth? 59, 59 years. 59 years on this earth and having plowed your own way and having been a 310th round, uh, 310th draft pick. <laughs> uh, you were a walk-on in college. You, uh, Your book is called Heart of a Student Athlete because, indeed, you've always played with heart. You've always worked really hard. So what else? I mean, you've, you've made your own way. What's the advice? What's the knowledge? What's the thing that you would tell somebody? I think consistency. Uh, consistency is has been my key um, beyond a lot uh, the other things. Uh, where you know, I, I've in the last three months I've lost twenty five pounds. Uh, people, well, how did you do that? Well, I ate less and I exercised more, and I'm <laughs> consistently doing. It. I mean, it's the, there's the, people try to make things so complicated, but if you can consistently do the right thing, uh, it's going to come back consistency all right his name's carl mecklenburg thanks for being here buddy my pleasure damien all right till next time it's the do business a better podcast